Yeah, you couldn't help it. I know you felt it. Green and white, white and green. Who are we the Celtics? Who are we the Celtics? Who are we the Celtics? All right, Celtics fans, we are back with another episode of Boston Celtics Game Day Recap. I'm your host, Guy DiPosito, and the Celtics come out with another win, 116-110 against the Toronto Raptors, improved to 20-5, first team in the NBA to get to 20 wins. And this was a game that was won by two people that you may not expect. Uh, but we're going to follow today's podcast, same as usual, run through player of the game, run through some of the highs, some of the lows, and to get things started here, I am giving player of the game to Blake Griffin. This is just an unbelievable performance. Turning back the clock here, 13 points, eight rebounds, two assists on five of six from the field. And he just had some clutch, clutch baskets in this. Took a charge, like has played solid defense throughout this game, bodying Siakam a couple times. Uh, but what the the biggest basket of the entire game was that putback that he had on the Tatum miss to go up seven with 26 and a half seconds left. Ice the game. And it is just the quintessential Blake Griffin play. Summarized his entire day. Uh, because we also saw him turn back the clock a little bit uh, when he was at the three-point line, up fake, drive, thunderous, and one dunk. So Blake Griffin today, beautiful, beautiful minutes. Again, as everyone knows, this is a back-to-back. Noel Horford means Blake Griffin gets the start. When Blake's not, when Blake is starting, Cornette is going to continue to come off the bench, be that second big, but he's going to play more minutes because obviously no Al Horford. Horford's not going to play 30. Blake's not going to play 30. Uh, So Cornette and Blake really did a good job of splitting minutes today and got to give Luke Cornette a lot of credit in this too. Like to me, those are the two guys that really stepped up in this win. Right. So obviously, we'll talk about Jason Tatum. We'll talk about Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, all of that. But to me, the two biggest factors in this game, Blake Griffin, Luke Cornett. Anytime you're playing down Al Horford and, you know, obviously Rob Williams through the first 25 games so far this season, you need your bigs, your reserves to step up. You know, the Celtics went out, they brought in Vonley. They signed Captain Gelly to a two-way contract. Haven't really seen much of him. A uh, couple minutes here and there. Vonley started this season. Looked like he was going to be getting a lot of the backup big minutes. Hasn't happened. Uh, so you need guys like Cornette. And, in again, the back-to-backs where Al's not playing, you need Blake to step up. And this is exactly what they both did. Luke Cornette, 11 points, 7 rebounds, 5 of 7 from the field. Very similar stat lines. Both of them impacted the game several times throughout this. You know, 32 minutes for Blake, 16 for Luke Cornett. Those are your 48 minutes for your big man. Uh, this is a really, really solid win against a, a very good team. It's the first time the Celtics all season long have actually come into the game as underdogs. We were one and a half point underdogs in this one. Uh, first time of the year that that was the case. Toronto, 9-2 and two at home, 
coming into tonight. This was the second night of a back-to-back for the Celtics. Everything was kind of going the Raptors' favor, right? No. Blake Griffin, Luke Cornett said, I don't care about underdogs. We're going in here. I don't care that I don't typically get a lot of playing time. I'm coming in here, and we're going to fuck shit up. And that's exactly what they did. Uh, So really solid game from them. Uh, But we also saw great performances from our usual guys, right? Both of the Jays in this one I thought were fantastic. Uh, This was a significantly better game for Jason Tatum. I kind of – I'm not going to say gave him shit last game, but it wasn't a great game for him. Uh, Tonight, I thought he played great. 31 points, 12 rebounds, three assists, 11 of 24 from the field, 5 of 10 from three. Uh, But overall, I don't think he was really forcing a ton of shots. Uh, Again, most of his shots, similar to the remainder of the – or the beginning of the year, uh, a lot of them were in rhythm. This was a much better in-rhythm game for Jason Tatum. Stat line isn't that much different, honestly, from last game, but the eye test is what changes things because the ball continued to move. There were only a couple times today – where Jason Tatum really went ISO. You know, he had that huge step back three over Siakam. uh, And that was really the first time that we've seen that side step three uh, that really put the Celtics out of rhythm. So, and it went in. So not going to complain on that, right? Overall, solid game from him. Jalen Brown, I thought was fantastic tonight as well. This is one of the Lower scoring games for Jalen Brown, uh, at least over the last 15 or so. Only 22 points today. Three was not falling. He was one of six from three. However, it was everything else that really impacted the game. 22 points, eight rebounds, eight assists. He led the team with those eight assists. Uh, We talked about, you know, the offense last game and – stagnating right only 18 assists which is significantly lower than the 27 that we average per season today we had 27 assists so right on that season average and Jalen Brown led the way Marcus Smart huge part of that he also contributed seven assists alongside his 18 points pretty efficient from the field as well seven of 14 from the field four of eight from three you cannot ask for any more from Marcus Smart than what he gave you in this one. There were a couple plays today where he was just making all of the right decisions, took a huge charge to end the third, uh, and then also had a couple of great plays uh, in transition. Excellent steal, dish to Tatum for the transition bucket. Overall, like this this is vintage Marcus Smart. I tweeted twice today, Marcus Smart, doing Marcus Smart things because over and over he was just continuing to make the right defensive play. And one of the things I loved about this game was the microphones at Scotiabank Arena were picking up everything. You could hear Marcus Smart in the background of this game calling out everything on offense and defense, telling guys where they need to be, where he wants the ball to go, when he wants them to rush up the court. This was a fun game to watch because you really see all of the impact that Marcus Smart has on a daily basis. 
So really solid game from him as well. Uh, but overall, you look, the rest of the team, this was a this is another solid game through and through. Derek White, although the stat sheet, I'm not going to call him Mr. Consistent on the offensive end tonight, uh, did contribute nine points, four rebounds, five assists. So really good with the assist numbers today. Uh, but defensively, again, stopped two transition opportunities, uh, including one where he almost got the full-fledged steal. Uh, but poked the ball out of, I believe, Barnes's hands, sprinted down the floor, tripped a little bit, and kind of fell out of bounds, but stopped a three-on-one transition opportunity for the Raptors. You know, this is a Raptors team that loves, thrives on fast-break opportunities. Uh, they thrive on offensive rebounds. All of the, the hustle-related stats, Toronto does really well. And tonight the Celtics really did a good job of shutting a lot of that down. Uh, this was a game, you know, they still had 20 fast break points. However, at halftime, they had 16 of those, right? And that's really the whole storyline of today's game. It was a tale of two halves. The first half, the Celtics weren't really, they were moving the ball, but they weren't moving the ball the same pace that they normally do. They were turning the ball over a ton. They were fouling a ton. And they were giving up a ton of transition points. Second half, in the first half, we had nine turnovers. We gave up eight points off of those nine turnovers, 16 fast break points in that first half, right? Second half, so we'll we'll go total stats here. We ended the game with 11 turnovers. That means we turned the ball over two times in the entire second half. They ended with 20 fast break points. That means four fast break points the entire second half. This is just a, it's a true tale of two halves. The Celtics went out. They played fairly poorly in the first half. Third quarter comes around and the Celtics just blow the doors off of Toronto. We outscored Toronto 35-18 to in that third quarter. This is Celtics playing at their best, right? Like This is one of those games where you look at really the energy in the building. This very easily could have gotten away from the Celtics. They talked about it on the broadcast a lot in this one too. As poorly as the Celtics were playing, there was a point where we were down three points in that second quarter as poorly as we were playing, we were only down three. And this is, I, I actually talked about it similar on the Brook, the Brooklyn Nets game. The Celtics had spurts of just playing horrible, horrible basketball, but when they're on, they're untouchable. They're so much better than most of their competition. You know, Games like these, you, you won't be able to go out and place games like these against the Milwaukee Bucks, you know, the Warriors, like those quality teams. But against teams like Toronto, against teams like Brooklyn that may not have a, a ton of depth, this is absolutely a game where you're highlighting your depth over and over. You know, no Malcolm Brogdon in this one, no Al Horford. Still no Time Lord, obviously no Gallinari, right? And the Celtics' depth shines through again. 
So really just solid, solid win if you're the Celtics coming out of this one. Uh, it definitely wasn't perfect. Uh, and I do want to talk about that briefly here. Uh, before we dive into some of the negatives, though, want to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Hopewell Hemp Farms. Hopewell Hemp Farms is your only source for the highest quality American-grown hemp products. If you're like me and love to be active, whether that's playing in an adult softball or basketball league, or your level of activity is limited to yard work, one thing is for certain. As you get older, joints start to hurt. Well, I turn to Hopewell Hemp Farms Body Butter to relax those joints and their amazing tinctures to help me fall asleep. Check them out at HopewellHempFarms.com today and stock your nightstand the only way I know how. Looking for an agent to help you buy or sell real estate? George Dimas at PD Properties is the agent for you. Sell now for a flat 3% commission on the sales price. PD Properties utilize the most current marketing techniques and strive to put more money in your pocket. If you're looking to buy, call now and George will be with you every step of the way until you find a property you're able to call home. Serving the North Shore and beyond, call George Dimas with PD Properties today at 781-913-2290. That's 781-913-2290. The NBA season is heating up and there are still so many unknowns like can the Celtics continue on this unbelievable stretch of basketball and break the NBA offensive rating record. When I'm looking to get in on that action, I bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, total rebounds, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. Do you think Jason Tatum's going to score 35 in a Celtics 10-point game? This is the type of action you can get in on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Download the app now, sign up with code TBPN, place a $5 pregame Moneyline bet on any NBA team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code TBPN. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, so I want to talk through some negatives here. I kind of touched on most of them briefly. Um, Turnovers in the first half were an issue. It looked like the Celtics were going to go out and absolutely get murdered on the turnover battle. Because this is a very active defense with the Raptors. Uh, they jump passing lanes. Van Vliet is great defensively for as little of a guy as he is. Uh, but the Celtics fixed that. So I don't want to talk about it too much. Uh, I will say I was pretty pretty thrilled with the way the, the Celtics played defensively through most of this game. Even Sam Hauser defending Siakam did a really good job. Uh, I know that I th- that's not technically negative, but... If you look at the way that they were turning the ball over in the first half, to have such a a massive shift is pretty impressive. 
the other the other big negative in this one, and listen, I, I don't want to say it's a huge negative, but the shooting. The shooting wasn't up to Celtics standards at this point of the season. Like we're on pace for a, a historic offensive rating season. This wasn't really one of those games. Uh, I'm not going to say it's concerning, but it is back-to-back games here where the Celtics offense wasn't really there uh, or wasn't what we're used to seeing. We still scored 116 in this one, so it's not, it's not a bad game by any means. But you look at the numbers, 13 of 36 from three, the 36%. Uh, and our usual like shooters here, Derek White, only one of three, Sam Hauser, one of four, Grant Williams, one of three. Uh, Jalen Brown, although he's not one of our like quote-unquote shooters, was one of six today from three. So most of the guys really struggled from deep. Tatum and Marcus Smart both shot 50%, five of 10 for Tatum, four of eight from Smart. Uh, but overall, you'd like to see those numbers go up. Uh, we were down Malcolm Brogdon, who shot pretty well, shot really well this season. But – at the end of the day, most of these shots, I don't think we're in the same rhythm that we've been in for the majority of this season. This isn't a game where everyone is driving to the rim, finding guys out on the perimeter. This was a lot more, you know, ISO related. Jason Tatum had some of his Marcus Smart I wasn't a fan of some of his shots today, and I haven't said that in a long time, but there were a couple of shots that he forced up. Jalen Brown forced up a couple shots. Uh, So it wasn't the same Celtics offense that we've seen. And I don't know if there's a correlation to the way that we're playing defense to the way that we're playing offense, because it seems like the last two games – been two of our better games from a defensive standpoint but they've also been two of the you know worst games from an offensive standpoint i personally am not going to sit here and say that there's a huge correlation to it uh, but i do have you know at basketball on twitter that we've been he's been on the podcast uh good friend we've had him talk about really the celtics offense and defense and he seems to think it's connected And I'm not going to sit here and and argue and say that there's absolutely no correlation to it because he does make a good point where, you know, if the Celtics defense or if the Celtics players are expending so much energy on the defensive end, do they have the same energy to run the offense the same way that they've been running it? And at this point, it's kind of hard to determine. This is a, we're 25 games into the season. And honestly, through 23 of them, our offense has carried this team through pretty much all of their victories. So this is a a newer concept for the Celtics, but it has not been the same offensive, you know, firepower that we've seen. We obviously saw it in spurts tonight. You know, the Celtics went on like a 20 to four run in the third quarter uh, and looked fantastic through a good portion of it. So it's certainly there. It just has not been the same offense that we've been used to seeing. Uh, but again, I'm not going to sit here and say that it's alarming. I'm not going to sit here and say that it's something to to be concerned about because I don't think it is. But at this point, the Celtics sit at 20 and five uh, and just continue 
to be moving up in the, the standings here. Still hold a two-game lead over Milwaukee, but now are four and a half games up on third place Cleveland. Uh, they lost to the Knicks the other day. Uh, but really just solid from them. And this is all without Robert Williams. And while we're talking about Robert Williams, I want to provide a quick update here, or almost lack thereof. Every single time Joe Missoula has asked about or has been asked about Time Lord, the answer always seems to be he's doing well, he's progressing, he's on timeline. But the timeline was so ridiculously vague that we don't have any real idea when he's coming back. It was 8 to 12 weeks, and we sounded like it was going to be before Christmas. Uh, but before Christmas is three weeks away, roughly, roughly three weeks away, right? So if that's the case, I mean, he could be here tomorrow. He could be here in three weeks. Like, it's just, it's so vague at this point. But the way I'm looking at it, and I'm assuming this is the same way the Celtics staff is looking at it, if the Celtics are continuing to play like the best team in the NBA, holding the best record in the NBA, it doesn't make sense to rush him back. I get that. I just would love to see, love to see. Time Lord, come back and start playing some time because the only way to get him in game shape is to get him playing in games. He can scrimmage all he wants. We've talked about that on the podcast that he has been scrimmaging with guys. He's been out there a couple times, it sounds like. It's not the same. And I'm not speaking from experience, clearly not an NBA quality player. Uh, played at a, you know, played at high school, not very good. Wasn't a very good high school basketball player. I'm not going to sit here and say that I know exactly what it's like, but I will say from everybody that I talk to, everyone that I follow, everyone that has any knowledge on the topic, game shape and practice shape are not the same thing, right? And the only way to get Rob fully integrated into this system is to get him minutes with these guys. I don't know if Joe's plan is to ease him in Give them, you know, five minutes here. Give them 10 minutes here, 12 minutes here, and slowly ramp him up. I don't know if he plans on bringing him off the bench to start and kind of moving Luke Cornett even further back in the rotation, moving Blake Griffin further back in the rotation. I don't know what the plan's going to be, but at some point, the plan needs to just be to have him play. So we're, again, 25 games into the season. We hold the best record in the NBA by a fairly decent margin at this point. Uh, so we've, you know, there's really no rush. There's no rush. Make sure that the, the bones have healed. Make sure everything is back to normal. And just get them back because I am dying to see them play. But that is where we're going to wrap things up for this podcast if you haven't done so already, make sure to follow me on Twitter at NBA Celtics Guy. Make sure to join our Facebook page, Boston Celtics Till I Die, our YouTube page, Boston Celtics Game Day Recap. And if you haven't done so already, make sure to rate and review the podcast. Five-star written review. Everything helps. Have a great night, Celtics fans. We will talk to you soon. Yeah, you couldn't help it. I know you felt it. Who are we to sell this? Who are we to sell this?